What do you guys think Griffin's doing right now? You think he's like paintballing? How do you think Griffin would be? Of the four of us, rank us in paintball prowess. Uh, oh. Well, Griffin I could be I can number say, one by far. Yeah, Griffin would be very good. Okay. Um, it, I think a lot of it, people underestimate how much of paintball is lower leg strength because you're sitting in a crouch for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think we just need to look at the games and judge that based on that. I got powerful games. Do you? Yeah, the calves are good. The calves, the calves It's are more good. a thigh than it is a calf, quite honestly. Yeah. It's a no, crouch. No, I can't help you. I can't help you. I can't help you with that. I feel like I'm going to be pretty high here. Yeah, I think plant is high for for a number of reasons. One, I think he can get behind cover easily. True, very because small. he's littler. Two, I think he's got the gams to pull it off. And three, uh, I think he has natural camouflage. So it's between oh. Russ and and me in our w- power rankings. W- w- wait, 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 wait! What's the natural camouflage? I think you just sort of blend into the environment. That is, <laughs> I do, I do tend to not notice you a lot of the time, play. That's a great point, Russ. Thanks <laughs> for touching on that. <laughs> Well, okay, so I think, uh, okay, Griffin number one, because Griffin is by far the most competitive, and I would say yes. the most gamey of us. Griffin, you know, he Fresh sees the gamey. world like the Matrix. Okay, and, yeah, that's that's why I call him Matrix Griff. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I call him Mr. Neo, but Matrix mm, Griff nice. also works. Um, then me, because I, I got them those, like, the, the thick thighs. How mm. ignorable. And 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 utterly invisible to the average person. Yeah, right. Um, then I'm gonna put I'm gonna put hoops there because hoops okay. also a strong a strong fellow. You know, you I would say you have a, you have a little though, bit of easily winded. You're gonna have to you're mm. gonna have to like. There's gonna have to be like a bunch of trash, and people are like standing too close to the trash, <laughs> and I pop out of from beneath the. You trash. could be the guy with the like the bandoliers of ammo and like the heavy mm. machine gun. Yes, yes right. Well, Don't get close to that tower. <laughs> it's just a tower. In in fresh I know for a fact would be the bottom because his face and I've seen this in real life is a magnet for paintballs. That's true. And I got shot in the face for the magnet. <laughs> I was wearing a mask and yet the paintball found a way. But I would say, have you ever tried to shoot Slenderman? It's pretty tough. That's right. That's right. It'd be hard to hit Russ. I think so. what we've learned is we are kind of the ideal paintball squad. We're the A team of paintball. We're the A team of the paintball. The P team. The, C- the D team of podcasting, A team of paintball. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I slurped up the best game of the week. My name is Russ Frutchick, and I know the best game of the week. Kirby does not slurp things up. Yeah, but I didn't want to say what Kirby does, because I felt like it could be used against me. Kirby (laughs) this week on the Besties, which is a video game club that by Uh listening to, you've joined and become a member. This week, we're going to be talking about Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which the name of which I have just learned now. So that's. Yeah, I thought it was Realm. I wrote it originally Realm and I had to Google it to remember what the full title was. It's the new Kirby in the Forgotten Land. We're going to be talking about it. Who's this Kirby? 
Kirby is a pink little fellow from the game Super Smash Brothers. He has no precedent. Now, he he does a lot of platformers throughout the years. They're usually the more, I would say, child-friendly version of the Mario games. They're, they're okay. not as not as challenging, uh, but just as lovable. This is the first one that is a 3D-ish platformer, more in line with Super Mario 3D Land than Super Mario Odyssey. But we'll talk about that right after the break. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. This beautiful ball of puff doesn't know when to stop eating. He's never full. Well, mm, he doesn't He does get full. Does he get full? Is that the way you think of it? I mean, eventually, like, at a certain point, he can't, like, for example, if he, which he does in this game, walks up to a water tower and sucks the entire water tower in him, it's not like he's like, oh, I'm going back for seconds. He's got to get rid of that water tower before he does anything. Well, and he can't get the whole water tower in his bod. Same with, like, a car, right? Beep, beep. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in the case of the car... He swallows most of it and then leaves the wheels because how would you drive if your mouth was uh, over the wheel? So you're saying he could like swallow the earth if he pleased, but he's strategic. Yes, I think so. Uh, and and just to take a step back, I just want to talk a little bit about this Kirby game broadly, please. and then we'll go into what he's capable yeah, of. Yeah, please. Oh, sure, so, sure, sure. All of the, as as Plan alluded to in the intro, all of the Kirby games, more or less, the like mainline Kirby games. We're not talking Kirby Tilt and Tumble or the dumb good line ones. drawing one we're talking uh most of the kirby games are platforming games you you know scroll right uh, left to right and uh suck up enemies and you swallow them and you steal their powers and use those powers to go further in levels and the games for the most part are games that you could give to a pretty young player and they would do fine they are they are not you know the difficulty that you think of when you think of like even Super Mario World, for example, um, Super game, NES, yeah. is like a pretty tough platforming game. Kirby is not that. He can float. He's got all sorts of like health. You know, he won't die in two hits. Um, so they tend to be pretty approachable. 
And this game in particular, I think, is also approachable, but I think it wears different hats to make it more fun, not only for the casual, but also for a little bit more of a hardcore audience. Yeah, it was interesting coming to this game. Um, I think that (laughs) uh, this is really one of those where I had to check my reaction to see if it was me or if it was the game, because... Uh, I have cut the, the two most recent things I've spent a huge amount of time with have been Elden Ring and Tunic <laughs> and Kirby uh, really kind of threw me off at first with the, I mean, lack of difficulty does not really like really describe the, the level that this, like even the normal is set at. Like my four-year-old saw me um, playing and she took the controller from me and like beat the boss on her for the first boss on her first try. Yeah. Like it is not, there is very, very little in the way of challenge. Um, it's also not as deliberate. Like it's also unfair because tunic is maybe like the most thoughtfully constructed game world I've ever been in. And this is not necessarily that like not every shadow and plant is leading you towards some sort of secret. Um, Sometimes it is. Sometimes, well, yeah, that's why I went with every instead of none because <laughs> it's kind of in the middle between the two of those. Um, but like, if you can just sort of like let go of the the what, what you maybe would like it to be in terms of like difficulty, because I would like a little bit more. It feels like a cheat code is on or something. Like, I would love a little bit more of a, a challenge. Now there are sort of challenge stages that are like timed things that I actually enjoyed more because they really drill down like one specific skill and force you to sort of like master that skill to get through this level in a certain amount of time. And those, those sometimes took me a couple of tries to get like the, the ideal time or what Justin, have Justin, I will say this though, on the difficulty, I think, and this is in line with basically every Nintendo game ever. Um, it actually does ramp up. It probably takes a little too long to ramp up, but I, mm-hmm. I will say I'm in the third area now, which is like the carnival area and I'm not saying it's like hard. I'm not struggling, but it definitely gets more challenging. I think more in line with the difficulty that you're seeing in those like mini challenge areas. And I have heard that the later levels get like, while not Donkey Kong Country levels of difficult, definitely a lot harder. So I, I think there is this element of like the Nintendo ramp up going on here. So if you're looking for more challenge, I think it does get there. Yeah. It also makes a lot of sense though that that because you um what I enjoyed about it is the lack of difficulty makes it so that you are really encouraged and free to experiment with the different abilities. Yeah. Like because it's not like you must have the cutter that lets you throw a spinning disc to get through this area or, or it'll never work. I mean they, they give you options um and sort of encourage you to to play around with them, which I dug. Yeah. Yeah, I fucked around a lot. I am in love with the game. I've never been a huge Kirby person. I like all the Kirby spinoffs. And we've talked about why, you know, the Kirby golf game on the Super Nintendo is, you know, Kirby Dream Course, one of the top 10 greatest games of all time. Uh, But the Kirby games were always just, yeah, too easy, too repetitive in my head. And now I get it because I'm always looking for a game to play with my son, who is also four, who's not as pro gamer as Justin's child. I'm just going to get it up front. He loves to watch. Um, uh, uh, he likes to watch the characters uh, go die. Basically, he thinks <laughs> it's very funny. Like when Sonic falls off a pit, 
and then kind of bounces back up and makes that face to Cameron like, oh, no. He's like, that. that's the funniest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> um, he likes to play PBS kids games, and then it's like, oh, Cookie Monster slipped in the mud? Very funny. <laughs> the fool. <laughs> that's great. Which is great. Like, I'm happy for him because what he's, you know, he's showing that, you know, he rolls with the punches. You know, it's not just about winning. Sometimes losing is mm-hmm. fun, too. But... As someone who would like to, you know, gradually ease him through the idea of, you know, progressing through a video game, something like Kirby is great because it challenges him and it's funny and cute and adorable in plenty of other ways. And it basically doesn't let him <laughs> do that. It yeah. like keeps uh, giving him other like cool, interesting, surprising things and kind of pushes him through. So I, I, I don't think like you would beat a level but in the first uh stage we just had a good time in the co-op mode just bouncing around just how literally does that just shake out huh how does the, how does the co-op mode work i mean it, there's just another character it's the bandana character and okay they come and chill with you we honestly we did not like play the game proper with it we just kind of sure. hung out in the area and just ran around in 3d space yeah i i played with my wife uh, she, uh, I played as Waddle D, Bandana Waddle D is his full official yeah. name, and my wife played as Kirby. And Kirby basically has full control of the situation. The camera follows Kirby. Waddle D, if uh, like Waddle D is off the screen, it'll like automatically zoom back to Kirby. Kirby gets all the ability to like suck up a car and then drive the car. Like all the most of the fun stuff happens with Kirby, but. The benefit of Waddle Dee is that you, ha- if you have someone that is like not super into video games or more casual or a younger kid, they don't have as much to worry about. They don't have to worry about, yeah. oh, this button and this ability and whatever. Waddle Dee is just like, I'm going to float around the world and throw spears at people and uh, kind of just have fun and screw around. And there's really no downside. It's not like they have to keep track of lives or anything like that. Um, it's it's very low impact, and I think it's actually great, probably even better than like Super Mario 3D World from a co-op standpoint, because it really is like anti-competitive. There's no like score comparison or anything like that. So if both characters are low on health and one of them eats food to eat that health, you can run over to the other character and hug them, and then both characters will get the benefit of healing, which beautiful. is just like That's so, beautiful. so adorable and fucking cute. The whole thing is adorable. It looks kind of like, especially once you get, uh, like when I hit the water area. Yeah. Um, it looks so good. It's yeah. so colorful. It reminds me of like, um, peak Dreamcast. Like, I for yeah. for some reason that is like my aesthetic that that uh, my ideal really aesthetic. gets me every yeah. time. It's like that very colorful, big, uh, richly detailed. Like it, it just looks beautiful. Fresh. Have you played more Kirby games before this? Yeah, I've played a lot of them. Okay, so I have a question because I I'm like kind of smitten with this game, especially the more I play. Does Kirby always get so violent, like terrifyingly like, overpowered? Uh, you mean in terms of like him sucking up powers? Well, his, or? The powers that he gets. So I mean, sure, he has mouthful mode in this, and he can suck up things and you know drive a car, but. Uh, for example, you know, you have all the various powers. There's like a boomerang yep. power and there's an electric power and there's a, a fire power. And the fire power, all of these can be upgraded. So the yes. fire power, when you first get it, it's like, oh, wow, you're just a f- basically a bottomless flamethrower. 
And not only do you spew an endless, you know, vomit of flame, that flame can catch enemies and, like, the ground on fire. And that's just the first version of it. But then you get an upgrade for it, and you, I mean, it's like Elden Ring. Like, you're like... Yeah, you turn into a volcano. Yeah, well, you turn into, yeah, and you're spewing, like, just endless giant boulders of, you know, molten rock. It, it's bonkers, and each each upgrade has a similarly, wow, this is overpowered, yep. you know, upgrade to it. To the point where I was just like, Kirby is a devastating hell god. I mean, I already knew that. I already knew Kirby was, you know, probably the most powerful character in the universe. It's so funny when he gets, there's like very large objects that he can put in his mouth. And it's like Griffin eating an amiibo. It just gets kind of stuck there because, like, it's too big for him. But he just keeps holding on to it. Like, giant sets of stairs and stuff like that. (laughs) He's just waddling around with it stuck in his mouth. It's so ridiculous. And I think that part of it is very smart because ordinarily where I'd, like, kind of lose interest in a Kirby game, you would get that sameness where it's like, okay, I've used all the powers or whatever. But here, because they smartly, like, weave in these moments where you can control something it uh, kind of refreshes the interest level. You know, obviously... It, it also lets you use those without dropping your current ability. Yes, which is which also is really nice, smart. It's like you can I, play with it and not have to worry about it. And it puts a little your... hat on, like, the stairs curvy Come or the on. car curvy. Well, I, uh, now, I would add, we'd be remiss to not say, like, it's obvious that Super Mario Odyssey was a big inspiration for this because it also does basically the same thing where you can get these powers fire flower whatever but also like oh i'm gonna control a t-rex or something like that so i think they're it, they're very smart in that you have the core game mechanic and then when they realize oh things are getting a little stale we're gonna throw in this like you know i think in development circles they call it exotic gameplay because it's not the normal day-to-day gameplay yeah mm-hmm. um it definitely keeps things a lot fresher to, yeah, to I mean, Plant's early earlier point about um, Kirby being like overpowered, it's very. I think part of the reason I agree, like he's extremely powerful, but also part of the reason that it feels weird. All the enemies that you fight in this game, for the most part, maybe not the bosses, but almost every little enemy is the cutest fucking guy you've ever seen. Oh like my gosh, little the dogs, like or a little like little creature with a little happy face. They're all adorable. There's a moment later, like the third world is like the carnival area. And there's a moment early on when you start and none of the enemies are like aggressive towards you. They're just waiting in line to get on a carnival ride. And my wife, who was playing as Kirby at the time, started just shredding into them. And I was like, why? They, they've they done nothing. They're just waiting to have some fun. But it, it, yeah, it's this yeah, weird dichotomy my, of like my, the most adorable <laughs> things ever, and you're just shredding them to death. My, my my two favorite powers is one is you know there's Spike Kirby, which like we've yes. seen in other games where you know you just turn pointy. But when you normally worthless it, in you other become games, become like tetanus Kirby. You just become a like collection of random objects, like Katamari style. Yeah, and it just looks it looks excruciatingly painful for it to poke anything and the other one is has there always been gun kirby uh yeah i was wondering that myself i couldn't remember there is like a you've got like a little toy pistol yeah and, and i um, thought it was gonna shoot air but it doesn't it shoots bullets and you can like yeah super saiyan the bullet into a mega bullet that fills like a quarter of the screen yeah 
and the upgrade is... you do you're actually dual wielding uh, yeah. guns <laughs> and, and you look like a pirate <laughs> yeah it's amazing i you know and and all the oh, as you man, upgrade them game. the ca- uh, the costumes change and look different and um yeah, yeah I, I don't think you know it, you're, justin's right it's weird coming to this after elden ring and a game like tunic which is like a very very different vibe um but i think it's really nice to have a game where this is like the perfect like i have 15 minutes game because all of the levels are like that length and they have like a little arc to them and you have like a very cool like mouthful mode moment in each one and and then you can put it down and like do something else um it's yeah it's a really nice change of pace for me yeah and it really rewards you the further you get in like yes. that's that's what I've enjoyed about. I was lukewarm on the first half hour or so, um, but I feel like every time I play it, I like it more than the last time. Yeah, they really which, take the the rails off as you go. Yeah. I mean, it's a good video game. Um, Should we talk about it's, it's other fun. stuff? Yeah, I like that. Um, um, I don't like talk about Kirby, but it's fun. <laughs> it's good. It's I good. Got it. You got it's good. Okay. It's good. So after this break, let's talk about that PlayStation Plus announcement. Okay. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech, you know? The contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You're going to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So, cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. So what's going on with this, guys? What's, I'm not a newsman anymore. I'm not plugged into the day-to-day, you know? Fresh. So, okay. <laughs> so play, uh, Sony PlayStation, for a while now, there's been a rumor that they were working on basically a Game Pass competitor. Obviously, Sony has had PS Plus for a very long time. PS Plus gives you two free games a month, give or take, and... Um, cloud saves or whatever. Um, but it has not offered the like giant catalog of games that you could pay one price for and you get access to akin to Game Pass. Uh, I realize PS Now exists. We're going to put that to the side because I think it's, yeah, not the best. Relevant later. A little bit later. So so P- uh, Sony has had PS Plus. Now they are introducing, it's, it's going to get really complicated in a second, so bear with me. Three tiers, effectively, of PS Plus. There is PS Plus Essential, which is what it is currently. $60 a year. um, Basically, you know, everything that you currently get with PS Plus, you would get with PS Plus Essential. There is PS Plus, PlayStation Plus Extra, which is $100 a year. Um, That includes normal PlayStation Plus, as well as a catalog of 400 PS4 and PS5 games available to download so getting closer to the like game pass model but there's a caveat there which we'll go into in a second and then there's ps plus premium which is 120 dollars a year includes everything that i've mentioned previously as well as playstation 1 playstation 2 and playstation uh, portable games some of those being like streamed into your console like not ones you can download, basically the the PS Now model. Okay. So those are the three tiers. Um, important distinction between Game Pass, because as I mentioned, that, that middle tier does sound a lot like Game Pass. Important distinction, as of right now, there will not be day and date releases for this. So that means God of War Ragnarok will not come to PS Plus Extra on launch day as part of your subscription model in the way that like Halo Infinite did or Forza Horizon did with Game Pass. So that is like a very, I think, important distinction. Okay. So, I mean, in that way, it's not necessarily comparable with what Microsoft is doing. Yeah, well, I think they're trying to present it as being comparable, but you're right. I think it it is lacking something. Yeah. And they've made some weird choices here because so Game Pass has three options too. One is PC Game Pass, 10 bucks a month, $120 a year. So the uh, uh, right up top, big difference here. Microsoft isn't giving you a, a you know discount if you buy the whole year up front. That that's kind of like the other thing. Xbox Game Pass, that's just Game Pass for Xbox, same thing. And then Game Pass Ultimate, which is fifteen dollars a month, so cheaper than the most premium PlayStation One, but one hundred eighty dollars a year. So clearly, what Sony wants here is like they really want to pressure you into getting that yearly pick. By making it, you know, a pretty significant discount versus paying in monthly increments. Yeah, 
But I, I but I think the important thing, in addition to the price difference, is whether this it, is going to result in the thing that Sony wants, which is in the way yeah. that like Microsoft has built so. up this subscription revenue source, whether Sony can pull off the same thing with this. And I kind of have my doubts, but it's going to depend pretty heavily on that play uh, on the PS Plus extras tier of catalog of 400 uh 400 ps4 and ps5 games yeah justin is this interesting to you like would you subscribe to this uh, i mean is it i could see me like okay so game pass is like a you kind of gotta i mean the value is just too too good like it, it's wild to not to not have it like i don't know that i would necessarily I mean, I probably will just because, like, it's video games. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of a sucker. I'm not a good I'm, – and I'm not smart with, like, my money. Mm-mm. So, like, I, I don't – I think that I probably would, but I don't know why because I'm – Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the question is if you're not getting day-and-date releases with this, n- new, like, exclusive – That's tough because I want to play – like, I'm going to want to play God of War Ragnarok when it comes out, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. sa- saving money in that sense. But I also, like – no, you know what? I don't think I would because like I had PlayStation Now downloaded. I used it twice. I was kind of like, huh, okay, well, got it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you know, I I it was not as good an experience. I, I I've had a lot better with like the remote play. Um, has been very good, which I know it's not exactly the same idea, but like I use remote play all the time. Yeah, have um, we clarified what PlayStation Now is slash was? So. PlayStation Now, yeah, it's, it's the dead. Netflix of games. It's effectively yes. dead now. They've rebranded it as, I guess, PS Plus Premium is the equivalent. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and the idea was you would subscribe to this thing, and then you could cloud stream in a collection of games from older PlayStation platforms. Effectively, I think there yeah. were also some cl- games you could also stream in that were on current platforms. But predominantly, it was about like accessing like PS3 era games that aren't going to be be downloadable, portable, uh, ported to the PlayStation Five. Yeah. So I I just have like a few questions about this of like how, how the business of it all works. So PlayStation Plus Essential, you still get the two free PlayStation games, you know, once a month, and whatever you'd gotten if you you know if you'd subscribed for three years, all the games that you've gotten to that point. Yeah. If you've been subscribing to PlayStation Plus for a few years, you probably already have most of the games you want from the higher end tiers of PlayStation Plus. Like uh, I mean, extra and premium. I don't know. I, it depends because I don't know what the full catalog is on the extra tier. Um, I, I will say, like, it's not super frequent that I get super jazzed about a PlayStation Plus like selection. Yeah, uh, right. they tend to uh, not always, but sometimes they tend to scrape the barrel a little bit finding these games. Like this month, for example, M- March uh, had some really good games. Ghost Runner was one of the games, um, and there was another title I was pretty jazzed to see. So, like, it happens where they have good games, but they generally are not like the best of the best. Yeah, well, and that's the weird thing here is like now it's competing with itself. Like, I don't. I don't understand, you know, in the future, are they going to offer worse games on this? And and, and, <laughs> and Microsoft has the same thing, to be clear. Yeah. Microsoft has the Xbox Live option. 
the difference with Microsoft is they want you to just go to Game Pass. Yeah, those Even games with still... gold picks yeah. have gotten so bad because everyone, they just want to move people over to Game Pass. Yeah, where uh, with this, again, I just don't know. I don't know what the hook is here. For me, it, the issue of not having brand new games, and I get why they can't do it. They pretty much said, you know, financially, that does not make sense for us, which I would get. You know, Microsoft has way more money to just burn in the same way that Amazon and Netflix, you know, burn money to accrue, you know, as many people as possible before they start, you know, actually turning up the subscription cost and maybe being a little bit more diligent with their budgets. But that that's how you get people in the door on this. It feels, mm-hmm. the PlayStation model feels to me like the cable model of, yeah, we let the movie play in theaters and then we let you yeah. know, it go to home video and eventually it gets here. And that worked in the cable era. That doesn't work now when the competition is, you know, even HBO Max is making its own films to come directly to HBO Max. Even the thing mm-hmm. that like created that formula is not following that formula anymore. And on top of that, you know, just in terms of raw competition of new games, yes, Sony is always going to have, you know, the three or so big releases each year. Microsoft has just taken more chances. So, yes. you know, not only do they have, you know, the the expensive big budget games, but they've just been loading up on studios for so long that it sure feels like their goal is to have a new, a brand new game every month in the next few years. Um, Not to mention the like day and date indie stuff that happens on Game Pass a lot, which I would imagine, you know, depending on contracts might also now come to this PS Plus service. But yeah, those yeah, indies it, matter a lot for filling out that catalog where every single time you log in, you know, every week or so, you're always going to see at least one or two new games that are worth trying out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the other thing with the, the, this list of, you know, like, oh, you, you get all these older games. I'm excited to see it as someone who wants, you know, preservation. But there are so many new games coming out all the time that mm-hmm. I personally have less and less time to dig up this stuff. And I, I get that, you know, like maybe there are newcomers who I, I guess are buying a PS5 and then want to go back and play old stuff. Maybe that's who this is targeting. I certainly don't think that audience is wanting to go back and play PS1, PS2, PSP stuff. Yeah. I think that that is very clearly meant for like just hardcore Sony fans who might not even play most of that stuff, but just want to know that they have it on hand just in case. Um, but what I guess it misunderstands for me about the Microsoft strategy in general is Microsoft's whole backwards compatibility thing is to give you comfort that when you buy something, it is not just going to disappear in about six to eight years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, th- this seems like a fundamental misunderstanding of like why people care about backwards compatibility. It's not just that, hey, I want to go play old games. It's, hey, I want a sense that there is a continuity to my investment in video games and that right. this isn't just a one-off thing. So just so much of it just it just feels like it, it feels like somebody, you know, reading the answers to the test and then like just fundamentally misunderstanding how they got to those answers. It just feels like a half measure. Is what yeah. it feels like. Like it just a, feels like they are not comfortable going all the way with this strategy. And that's fine. Like that's their prerogative to make that call. 
But if this is a huge part of their like long term strategy, I don't think this is how as it's presented going to work for them unless, you know, they decide, hey, you know, we're not looking to grow the audience. We're just going to like expand the number of PS Plus users a little bit like maybe that's fine. But but as it's presented here, I, I just don't see enough of a value to justify you know, yeah. this added expense. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I kind of wish that they had gone the Nintendo route of, hey, here's a shop. We're just going to every, you know, week at, or month add some new beloved PlayStation classic games in it and uh, all DLC for all of your major games is just cooked into this cost. Um, mm. And we're going to keep it cheaper. Something something just more intentional, because th- that's what I, I struggle with this is, again, let's think about it like a streaming service. If you can't compete with Netflix and Amazon, then you need to come up with something like Pluto TV or even like Shudder, where you have a niche or a like different approach that makes sense for you. There's also just the thing of like, they could just not have done any of this and just said, you know, hey, we are taking the Nintendo route in terms of we make we know we make great games. And people are going to come and buy our hardware no matter what, just because they want to play those three games a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I just don't really get this one. Yeah. The, the last thing I would say is I think um, Xbox has been smart on their cloud gaming delivery service insofar as it's like a side thing. It's there. You can play games over the cloud. You can play Halo Infinite over the cloud. You have that option. It's it's cool to be able to play a game like that without downloading anything. You're up and running in an instant. But I think the technology is still not there yet. I think most people do not have the bandwidth to properly play cloud games. And this service, PS Plus service, relies heavily on, especially on the top end, relies heavily on the idea that cloud streaming is like there and ready and people are going to have good experiences with it. When in my experience, anything that is like an action game or platforming game will be fine, but not great. And that's with, like, I have pretty good speed on my connection. PS3 games, I think, are only available via streaming. Is that right? I think think you're right. Or PSP. I forget which ones are, like, exclusive. I just know a large collection of this catalog will be um, streaming Streaming only. only. And it's just not fun for me to play games on streaming. Maybe once 5G, whatever, LTE, whatever we're up to is going to be ready it'll be better but it, i think we're still five three to five years away from that yeah i mean just w- one more thing for for people who listen to this and like all you have is a sony console this is like not a, a terrible thing it, it's a it's just one specific corner of it they're still going to be making you know these huge games that everybody's excited to play yeah i i think like i, I think with the risk of like getting too focused on this is Really, what we're looking at is a strategy that's going to impact Sony five to ten years from now, and mm. they still have time to kind of write the course. I just, as somebody who I I would like Sony to be competitive <laughs> and would like to, you know, they, they talk about you know not financially having the stability to both make those big budget games and you know give them away as part of this program. But it's like, I, yeah, I just hope that you still have the freedom to make those games 10 years from now. 
That's what's hard is it feels like a half measure that like the places where this is awkward feels like the places where they are trying to where their business model differs from Microsoft. Right. Yeah. They just want Microsoft just wants you in the ecosystem. They don't they don't care. They want you to subscribe to this thing. Um, I don't think Microsoft cares that much anymore if you buy one game like they want you to give them money every month. Like yeah, if anything, they'd rather is. you give them money instead of buying one game because it guarantees yes. they're getting that income every single month. Yes, and recurring revenue is the, like, that's the holy grail for a lot of businesses that are trying to pivot into that. And I, I understand, it just seems like a place where Sony is not willing to, is not trying to make that pivot, or at least not to the degree that Microsoft is. Like, they, I, it feels like them still trying to shield and hold back yeah. certain parts of their of their business. Yeah, well, we'll see where things are at, whether in two years, whether they need to pivot it again and say like, okay, no, we're actually going to put God of War 3, whatever the fuck they're at, um, yeah. on this thing uh, day and date. But I yeah. think in the short term, no, uh, you know, they're going to hold back. Well, and again, it's like, can they even afford to? Because again, to do that, you lose money for a while. Yep. <laughs> and like, no, sure. uh, the, uh, this doesn't feel like the decision that was made by playstation people i have a feeling that they probably would love to have the big games out there so much as this was a decision made by sony yeah um but i mean you know that's 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 just me making a guess uh anyway anyway it's a weird time for the video games and a bad time for GameStop. i mean it just <laughs> <laughs> just i think we can all agree the loser in this one it's GameStop, <laughs> which will probably be an NFT by the time you're hearing me uh, say this. Oh, my gosh. Do we honorable mentions? Yeah. I beat Tunic. Whoa. Uh, mm. I am not. Did you beat Tunic or did you beat Tunic? I beat Tunic. Beat it. Oh, okay. uh, I'm not going to say <clears throat> say anything about the end. Um, I, I, What's so weird about that game is it lives and dies based on the secrets. So if you know anything beforehand... It's just not as good of an experience. I think you should go in as blind as possible with Tunic and figuring out the like grand puzzle that's going on here was just like one of the most satisfying experiences of my gaming career. Um, so, yeah, that game is sick. I, I, I you know, I don't even want to do a spoiler episode because I really think it would like hamstring the game for people. But suffice to say, it's, it's a sick game. Love it. Uh, I've been playing 13 Sentinels on the Switch, and let me tell you, I know that nobody's going to play this game. I know that I know that everybody here is going to just completely, you know, walk all over it all over again. But it looks incredible on the OLED Switch, like absolutely incredible. Um, and you can see every pixel of the many, many letters that you have to read. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know there's it, not a g or you, you don't even think you're gonna confuse a g, g with a q on this one baby that comma is not a all, period all <laughs> those arabic numerals are there for you to enjoy but you enjoy <laughs> reading things more when they're in the palm of your hands you know feels it yeah. feels like a book so i'm just putting it out there if anybody wants to try it i think you should i think you'll like it justin yeah man also tunic it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Here's what I will here's what I will say. And again, this is not uh, uh, to spoil tunic would be a real shame. Um I, I am not someone who usually engages with 
secrets. You know what I mean? I'm a critical path kind of person. I want to have the experience and, and move on to something else. But I realized after beating Tunic that that was not an a, an option. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a, that's not really, but yeah, that's what. So, that's what so I, I guess the question I would have is again, without spoiling anything, once you beat it, did you jump back in and you were like, okay, I'm going to figure the rest of this out? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure where to... I'll talk to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that game rules. I'm glad, I'm glad I took the time. It's, Fucking play Tunic before everybody just like tells you everything about Tunic accidentally. Yeah. Uh, Griffin is trying to platinum drawn to death is what's down here on the rundown. I'm glad he was able to email in his current status. <laughs> uh, do, do we need to remind people what drawn to death is? I don't think we should, you know? <laughs> it's a, is there a funnier game that I could have written down? Because that's the one that really hit me. It really tickled me, but I... Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Uh, okay, I think that'll do it then. Uh, I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Tommy D has no jazz. Brego Stink Lord, Lord Artemis Sterling, <laughs> Jacob Remy, and Sabrina Volante. Thank you for writing reviews for uh, the besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everyone else for writing reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, y'all rock. We appreciate it. Um, do us a favor and talk about how much you love the show on the various social platforms that you might be on, because uh, we're always happy to welcome people into this video game club we call the besties, and it's great. So, yes, spread the Here, word. Uh, here's what we talked about this week. We talked about Kirby in the Forgotten Land, now available on Nintendo Switch. And that was pretty much it. We also mentioned Tunic and 13 Sentinels and a, the game that shall not be mentioned. Uh, and that's all. Wow, this, yeah. is, this is a pretty straightforward. Um, it's a pro- maybe it's been Griffin this whole time that's been throwing us off. Oh man! Yeah, we didn't talk you about any I mean? fan- Final Fantasy. This is—it's kind of sad, actually. Now you know. I feel like I. Yeah. Y- you know what it is? It's kind of like you know having a tasty meal, but there's no salt on it. Hmm. Mm. Like, mm, I need. I do need that salt. Perfect. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Besties. We really appreciate you. We hope you'll join us again next time for the Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!